cool nerd. This meeting is being recorded. Whoa. Uh, hey everyone, my name's Nick, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Nick. It's, it's nice to be here with y'all. Um, I recognize a few faces, um, some virtually and some some recently in person. That's cool. Um, all right, so let's see. Uh, my name's Nick. I'm an alcoholic. My sobriety date is November 23rd, 2012. My home group, as Donna said, is out in Pine Grove. Um, I'll tell you, what's interesting about how just how I'm feeling tonight is... Uh, Usually when I get asked to lead, uh, at first I get apprehensive and scared. But, you know, I was taught in the very beginning that you always say yes to anything anyone asks you to do. <laughs> um, so usually I get apprehensive, scared. And then suddenly, I, you know, like an hour before the meeting, I have all these ideas of all these different things I want to talk about. And there's just no way there could possibly be time. Um, but weirdly, tonight, I... I it was just sort of coming up empty. And so I don't know, maybe that means that there's not going to be much or it'll just be one thing. Um, so uh, I was thinking about uh, stuff that I was saying that I was talking to my sponsee about lately, because I, I think that's the, to me, having us working with a sponsee is one of the one of the huge parts of my program and I had not realized how important and fundamental it was, you know, until I started doing that. I think, I think my first, the first sponsee that I worked with was, I, I think maybe I had a, yeah, I, I, a little more than a year sober and that was it. And um, it had been very difficult. Uh, you drank, you relapsed, you went back and forth. I constantly blamed myself, you know, which it, uh, which I ended up learning um, as I was, you know, went back and sort of revisited my sixth and seventh steps that, you know, blaming myself for things that happened in the world, had, you know, had been sort of a lifelong pattern of mine. And one of those things that I ended up drinking to kind of get over emotionally. Um, but once once I got to the point where I was able to have what I think was the right sort of kind of uh, a personal distance from some of my sponsees. And I don't mean distance as in like emotional distance. I mean, um, having that sort of uh, intrinsic sense of responsibility, like somehow I had any kind of control over what people were doing when I was working with them. Um, a very good friend of mine kept reminding me, you know, you, you go through the big book and you see, you know, what you are able to do for someone who asks you to sponsor them. All you are really able to do is you are able to explain what you did to stop drinking. You're, you're not able to tell them how to stop drinking and you're not able to, and you don't have any kind of control over what they do. Um, once, once I got there, uh, I, it even sort of changed the way that I was able to, to work with other aspects of my life. Once I had figured out a kind of appropriate way to have uh, responsibility in my life, right? Not that sort of overwhelming, like it's everything in the universe is my fault, which was certainly something, one of those sort of grandiose pathological notions that I had at one point um, to have, I guess the sort of right sized amount of responsibility in your life. That was very difficult for me to achieve, and I wouldn't have been able to get that if I hadn't been working with a couple of the really great people who've asked me to be their sponsor. So anyway, that was a really long-winded way of saying that 
Um, uh, we, uh, uh, my sponsee and I have been working on something uh, with uh, the with himself that has had always been a big issue with me as well. I think also drove my drinking, which was the anxiety that I that I used to feel and still sometimes feel when I'm around people that I don't know very well, kind of like all of you guys right now, <laughs> you know, um, I used to have that tremendous kind of social anxiety. I would walk into a group of people that I didn't know particularly well, um, you know, at a party or something. And I, I would have this anticipatory dread. So I would drink to deal with that. And then I would have active dread at whatever party or gathering it was. So then I had to continue to drink to do that. And then usually then I would, and then of course at that point I would end up saying things that I would later regret. And so then I would have to drink to deal with those feelings. Um, well, you guys all know this. It's not like, it's not like I'm explaining this to some normie or something. I mean, you know, the roller coaster ride that we, that we, that we get on. And, and for me, that kind of, uh, that fear of the judgment of other people was one of the things that, that drove it. Um, so anyway, as I was talking to my sponsee about this, because he was talking about how he you know, have, having all this anxiety, uh, I think it's some kind of office gathering that he had. So I, we were talking about the little thing um, in the big book uh, on uh, page 73, where they're talking about uh, the fifth step. And then just this paragraph that has always spoken to me, what I told my sponsee was that if I had not st stopped drinking, this paragraph could have been written on my, on my headstone, would have been my epitaph. And so it goes like this. It says, more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. Um, and that's the thing, you know, from, from, my, from some of my earliest memories, um, you know, and I'm talking like five years old, long before I even knew that there was such a thing as alcohol. I, I you know, I remember having those feelings that, uh, you know, whatever was going on in life, like I didn't deserve anything and I wasn't, I wasn't a good person. You know, it was a sort of primitive emotion, but those are the kinds of emotions you have when you're five years old. So, so that notion that, right, I knew that I didn't deserve whatever I had, so I had to put up this front to do it. Um, and, uh, and whenever that is happening, there's always this kind of underlying anxiety. And I will say that, that the thing, like this was, this was a little surprising from when I was talking to my sponsee, he was like, really? I, pretty much every time I see you, you're, you're talking and you seem happy with people. And it's true. Now I sort of talk almost like I have a disease or something. <laughs> like I can't, I mean, Donna knows, like I'm just, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, uh, but I wasn't like that, you know, for the first six months of sobriety, I basically didn't talk to anyone. I mean, I was like, I was like a phantom gliding through AA meetings. I, I, I think I, I was kind of spooky. Um, and, and the thing that really did it for me was, um, was doing my fifth step. I mean, and it wasn't like a flash of lightning or anything or any kind of like profoundly huge experience that I remember in the moment. But the thing is, I remember vividly exactly where I was with, you know, with my sponsor and, and, and what I said and what he said and the time of day it was and just getting all this stuff out. And I'm sure I'm sure I kept some of these little things behind, but not the big ones. There were at least a couple of things that, you know, were those things that I had marked in my head that I would carry to my grave that I told him. 
And the fact that he didn't, you know, um, make a citizen's arrest or, uh, you know, call the FBI or whatever, or the fact that he just kind of listened to this stuff and said, okay, anything else? You know, as if what I had said wasn't a big deal. (laughs) To me, it seemed like the biggest deal. And then within like a week or two of that, I suddenly noticed that I, like, I didn't really hesitate when I was, when I was talking to people, I didn't really have that sort of double thinking that I always had, which was thinking of something to say, but then having this little back channel thought that was saying, is this person going to like what I'm saying? Are they going to approve what I'm saying? If I was trying to say something funny, like, are they really going to think it's funny? Suddenly that stuff started going away. And it really was just that I had, somehow that sort of bizarre weird magic of confiding something to someone else to another person um had started to short circuit that that sort of double life that i was leading you know in, in this passage i just read it they talk about the alcoholic being an actor i always used to think of myself as a secret agent you know and i could never let my identity as an alcoholic be revealed right all the secret stuff that I, that I would do. Um, and it never, it never, it worked for a while. It actually worked for like 20 years. And then as you guys, as many as you probably experienced, that stuff starts falling apart towards the end. And suddenly the only secrets you're, you're actually able to hold on to are the secrets that you're keeping from yourself. Um, so I guess, um, I don't know, boy, I guess I did have a few things to talk about. Um, I, uh, you know, if there's any kind of topic topic that people can get can get out of that, I think it is this notion that um, we do we we uh, we have I have I have this instinctive desire to keep things secret from other people, and I have to actively work against that. Um, and one of the ways I do it is going to meetings like this. And if I get out of practice, I go back into that that just that notion of instinctively concealing things that really you know I shouldn't be keeping inside doesn't doesn't serve me well at all so i guess if you guys wanted to talk about anything it would be how you deal with that issue how you deal with you know not holding not keeping things secret um and then of course people could talk about whatever the heck they want because that's that's what we do in AA. so thank you very much for letting me talk